All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, the Colorado Avalanche play with our emotions on a Sunday afternoon. They're up, then they're down, then they're tied, then they're down, and then they tie it and go into overtime, and it's all Miko ranting. And everybody was saying, with all these guys out, Miko's got to step up. Miko stepped up. New episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I love me some Nico. Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Great game. Uh, you thought it, it slipped away from the avalanche, but those last second cardiac kids from a few years ago have come back and they tie this thing with less than 10 seconds left. Go to overtime. First offensive possession. I think it was, what, 30 seconds into overtime. Miko Rantanen gets his third of the game and the avalanche get a much needed two points, especially after only getting one against the Rangers on Friday night. We'll get to all of it, but first things first, like I said, thank you for making this your first listen of the day, and you can follow us on our social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com, and follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when the new show goes live. All right, sir. um, I think coupled with the Rangers game that they lost in a shootout, Two games against the Rangers, both in a shootout. Avalanche win the one in Madison Square Garden. They lose this one. Um, and this game against the Blues, sure, you got Val Nichuskin back for the Ranger game. Immediate difference right away. And then you get Arturi Lekkanen back for this game. Played a ton of minutes, but you almost got the vibe that he was just kind of just getting one game under his belt. I kind of want to see where he is at for the next game which is Philly, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Philly. Um, but still a presence. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. Even if he's not going to put anything up on, on the, the stat sheet, he's still a presence. And all of the the young guys that are still remain up with the team, you just feel like, and we've talked about this, the longer that they stay up, which they're going to have to with all the injuries, the more they're just going to come into their own and get acclimated to the speed and, and how it's played on the NHL level. And they're doing that. The goals aren't coming. You're going to have these dogfights. Yeah. But you're not, you, you, you go into Avalanche games, at least for right now, thinking like, okay, like we can, we can withstand this and we just need a couple things to bounce our way and we can win these games. And this was a game, the St. Louis game, two teams very desperate for a win. St. Louis needed the win to stay relevant and put things back together. And Colorado needed a win because that would have been four games in a row. I think so, yeah. Yep. When was the last time we got to talk about a losing streak of that length? Well, remember at the end of last year? Oh, oh, garbage time. What was that? I referred to as a losing streak or something like that. But nobody was really stressing. Like everything yeah. was kind of but that was a different that's a different time. That was a different part of the season. But you're right. Like this is a big game. Yeah. It was a big game, and it's St. Louis had everything to gain by beating Colorado, and Colorado's just trying to right the ship. So to see Miko take that step up, and I feel like with the additions of Nuke and Lecky, it's 
more of like a safety blanket. Like he doesn't, it, those are guys he knows how to work with and he knows how to get that offense flowing through those guys. And you saw like Nuke, when he came back against the Rangers, he was there. It took him a bit to get acclimated. I feel like that's exactly like you said, Chris, like Lecky in the St. Louis game. He's going to have his game. Expect him to look more like the Lekkonen that we know in the Philly game. But with these pieces building, the youth that have that has been there the whole time, the defense starting to like they were out there for what two minutes. There was one time they were just being held out there; they could not get a change. Mm-hmm. They didn't let anything up, but they looked good in that two minutes and playing flawless, perfect position hockey. And then Pavel Francouz yeah. looking good. He did. So there was this is the the complete game that we've been asking the Avalanche to put together. And Miko had to put everything on his shoulders, but we got it done. We have confidence rolling in, up um, into this matchup against Philly. Yeah, I think the you look back at the Boston game, and that was just the worst possible timing. Like that was that was you know when when McKinnon went out, and that was just the tip of not the tip of the iceberg, like the top of the mountain, so to yeah. speak, for all of these injuries that the Avalanche had, and then you had to go face Boston. And I think maybe a lot of people would be looking at that and, and playing that game for a team that's playing as well as anybody in the league. And you have a team that is now just calling up so many AHL guys. They didn't stand a chance in that game. That game was just is so much of an outlier when you look back at it now. And I think I, I just wonder if there was a lot of Avalanche fans that like, well, this is how they're going to be playing. Like, no, like that opponent was so difficult at that perfect time. Mm-hmm. And you come, you overcome that, and like, and you and you learn from it. And this is when we heard talking about Bednar being a teacher. He even was was making comments like that. Like I have to go back to teaching now. I yeah. think he said something to that effect. And he's doing that, and you are seeing guys just understanding their role. Got like Jean Luc Foudy might yeah. be playing into a normal spot. Yeah, for this team right now, and I don't know if anybody expected that. They called him up when they went on that little four-game road trip, and you knew he was going to get at least that. I didn't anticipate them sending him down in the middle of a, a road trip. And he has remained with them, and he has only improved with every single game. And he, like, I did he even get, I don't think he even got an assist today. So I don't think he's got a single point yet while he's been up, but that doesn't matter. Like, yeah, he's you, there. He is so close. He is putting, he's putting shots on that. He's trying to set other guys up. He's fighting into the corners, like, and he's not the biggest guy, but he's he he's not afraid to go. He knows he's gonna get hit. He'll go get the puck anyway. I love his game right now, and and I hope when all of the Avalanche start coming back, if if they find room for him, I want to see what he does then. Yeah, because when we keep saying like the depth of the Avalanche can can benefit. When you have a healthy team, because you're just rolling out these lines that are just constantly like hounding the, the opposition, he will benefit from that. He's so close right now as the, as they are, but when you get all those guys that are out back, man, like I, I don't know what the plan is for him. I don't know if they want to. Well, they're, they're pretty close to burning a first year because he's almost he played four. He's got to be at, at six or seven games, I think, right yeah. now. So he's gonna, they got to make a decision in the next couple games, uh, but. I don't know, man. I think to me, he's played. He's played a played his way onto a, a role for this team. And you know, I 
I had an epiphany when you said that. I yeah. wonder, with all of the injuries going on right now with Colorado and playing the, the ELC game, I wonder if that's why Colorado hasn't made a move when it comes to trades or acquiring new talent because they know we're probably about to burn some ELCs. They might. <clears throat> and there's no way around it. There's no way we could really play with this roster. And especially with the performance that Foodie's putting up, like that ELC is going to go out the window. We And we're playing so close to the cap right now. Let's not, because we're yeah. probably going to be paying for players like Foodie. Yeah, I mean, I would think that it's it was something that they were not anticipating to start the season, but now they might not have a choice with some yeah. guys. You have to play guys. And yeah. <clears throat> it depends on how quick guys come back, but uh, he's one of them who very well could be could be on on the roster for for a little while and, like right away I, w- I don't want to sit here and say like he's 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 made a spot for himself for the rest of the year because you're gonna have ups and downs with every single player and a guy like him once maybe if he starts like you know hitting a, a, a you know a downward wave or something like that they'll probably send him back but by then he'll be at, at past you know these certain amount of games where he's already burned a year so maybe they don't maybe you know and then they can play with do whatever they want with him but He's been, I think he's been much improved, and you can just see him getting more and more comfortable. And his game is so strong that his other eagle line mates are starting to play around him. And like you could see, like Newhook starting to like work and hoot on. And mm-hmm. You're seeing the established avalanche working together, the eagles working together, and this team starting to put pieces together. And like you mentioned, that Boston game, that was no points. The Ranger game, one point. St. Louis, two points. So they are building. You, you could see it in the stats. You can Billy's see gonna be three score. points, right? Like three. We're gonna <laughs> we'll just we're just getting them all points for ourselves. Yeah. Why not? And, but you could you could see it and you could start to feel like after that win, you're like, oh, this is what it feels like. This feels good, and it feels like you've completed something, and they're continuing to build, and then you're getting players potentially coming back this week. It's a lot of positive yeah. things going on for Colorado. Yeah, they're starting to play well. Starting to play better. Better. Um, all right, let's hear from uh, Simply Safe. And then uh, after the Ranger game, Kale McCarr kind of said something that <clears throat> is, is getting a lot of people kind of like the ears perked up when uh, Kale McCarr said something about Igor Shesterkin. So uh, we will discuss that and and. What do we what do we make of it? So, uh, but first we are going to talk about Simply Safe, and Kyle and I talk about it quite often because we believe that your home should be where you and your family feel feel the safest, especially over the holidays. In this season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering our Locked On Avalanche listeners forty percent off of a brand new home security system, but do not put this off because as we've been saying, it is the holiday season. Packages are arriving fast and furious and they could leave at that same amount of speed with people lurking on your Avenue or Boulevard waiting to take your gifts away and give them to, I guess their own kids. I mean, how could you possibly take somebody else's like gifts and just uh, bring them home and say, Got you a present, honey. Or you could resell it. <clears throat> or do they do that? Yeah. 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 The black market is is big for, yeah. So 
You don't want to be that guy or girl. So you can go to simplysafe.com right now and uh, simplysafe.com slash lockdown NHL to get your 40% off any new system. Once again, that is simplysafe.com slash lockdown NHL. And there is no safe like Simply Safe. All right. So we'll go back to Friday uh, because Cam McCarr made a uh, comment after the game. And it kind of, uh, people people were like uh, a buzz about it on social media. I think for a number of reasons. One is because you don't typically hear sound bites like this from many hockey players. They kind of keep things like you'll hear people say things every once in a while. Um, and because it was Kale McCarr, who doesn't usually like you know ruffle any feathers or anything like that. But what was said was, and I think I think there was a lot of frustration on the Avalanche side. I think they were angry they lost that game. Uh, you heard Eric Johnson. Uh, say something to the effect of, you know, we played a, a hard fought game and it's, you know, it just sucks that we lost this game uh, due to a skills competition. And that got the whole people who don't like yeah. the shootouts riled up. And I get that. So, and then Kale McCarr comes along and he had a shot on Igor Shesterkin. I don't remember the time frame. Maybe it was like halfway through the third or something like that. Uh, I don't yeah. think it was. Yeah, it wasn't it. Or wasn't it overtime when he did it? Maybe it was an overtime. I, I mean, it, it, it's happened four days ago now, and I can't remember what happened yesterday. Whenever it happened, it's possible it happened in overtime, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Igor Shosturkin did the whole windmill catch, like the yeah. you know the, the he caught the puck in his in his glove and did the uh, you know over exuberant like you know brought the arm over like he was doing the windmill thing. A lot of goalies do that. A lot of times it is for show, gets the crowd going. Um, Kale McCarr said the quiet part out loud when he said, well, their goalie is all for show. So he basically, he basically said, I put the puck right in his glove and he did the whole windmill thing. People in Rangerland are just like crucifying Kale McCarr for that. It's like, how dare that you talk bad about our Igor? And to me, I don't take anything out of it. I, I, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with how McCarr said it. I don't think Igor Shosturkin is like this showman. I think Kale McCarr was was frustrated, and I think he was angry because this this, this comment came minutes after the game was over. So I think he was just you know, the emotion got the best of him, and he kind of said something. He's not going to go apologize for it, but I I kind of feel like if you had asked him that question maybe twenty five minutes later, he you would have given it. He would have given you a different answer. You know, I kind of see it on both fronts. Like, I understand Kale McCarr is frustrated in that moment. Like, it was a very frustrating game. But goalies are weird people. And From Igor, being, sure. he's he's had a couple times this year where he's not been fond of his play, and he's blamed himself openly to the public, to the media. Mm -hmm. So, like, you could draw parallels between yesterday's game with Jordan Bennington and all of his whatever you want to call it WWE Jerry Springer stuff that he does like yeah he does it to try and you know get the game going a little bit try and fire up the boys could be the same thing for Igor with I don't if, if he wants to say it's a show thing like in a tight game like that if your goalie could take the you know, take the puck and do the, the kind of make melt, it right? a little bit of a show. 
kind of gets the boys loosened up a little bit, like chuckling, yeah. like, okay, right. He, he's feeling it. We could play off this. It might be a little bit of both. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Shisterkin doing that. Like when I watched it, I was like, oh, that was a nice save. Um, I didn't really think it was to show up anybody. <clears throat> I think when goalies get the opportunity to kind of be a showman, they take it because they don't get the opportunities that, you know, uh, Kale McCarr does or or Nathan McKinnon does to weave in and out of traffic and have a slap shot that hits nothing but net and makes the the water bottle pop. You know, like they don't get those moments. So when you get something as minimal as it is, as a puck going directly into your glove, you might show it up every once in a while. I, I honestly didn't have a problem with it. And I genuinely think McCarr kind of just said it because the, it was so fresh and and he was angry. But is this a a, a turning point for the the career and what we think of of, of how Kale McCarr handles things? Because up until now, it's been you know baby face boy. You know he, he everybody loves him. He like no no generally nobody like dislikes Kale McCarr. People dislike Nathan McKinnon because he's like angry and you know he yeah. he wears his emotions on his sleeve. And, and, and McCarr doesn't really do, he, he, I say he doesn't do that, but he does at time, like he'll do it on play. Like he'll go and check somebody. He does that like back check and he just like will level somebody. He's got an angry streak, but when in interviews and stuff like that, he usually doesn't let it on. So is, has he been in the league long enough now that you're getting the real Kale McCarr? Will the real Kale McCarr please stand up and that, and we're going to get this from now on. Because he's comfortable now. He he yeah. is what he is. He's the Stanley Cup champion. He's the Calder winner. He's the Norris winner. Now he's like, I, I got the contract. Is is this is this the the, the new real Kale McCarr? I have two points. The Colorado Avalanche, by the way, have the only goalie in the NHL that out deked Wayne Gretzky. Thank you, Patrick Waugh. <laughs> you talk about goalie moments, we have one yeah. of those. Right. And you know, I'm glad you said this. I have noticed Kale McCarr has been in the ear of every referee, every game, jawing, aggravated, like he's mouthy. He took yeah a four-minute minor on a high stick in the Blues game. Right. I, okay. And I want to talk but, about that. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it's – he started – this could be the beginning of bad boy Kale McCarr. And you think you think yeah. Trevor Zegras is taking over the league with his super cool Star Wars stuff yeah. and never he's like super chill? Could you imagine like the next Twilight Star being bad boy Kale McCarr? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, like, he's the moody vampire. Like I mean, I, I'm not saying he's gonna have this big transformation like like Dennis Rodman did like, you know, there, there was a time where Dennis Rodman was just like your everyday player. And yeah. then he was like, I got to make a, a, a brand for myself. And that's when you Rodman got and Bulls Rodman. Yeah. Then you got the hair and you know, the, the all the, the piercings and the tattoos and, and he just completely transforms. It. it was probably who he really was all along. He was, you know, just, he finally like came out with it. I'm not saying that's where Kale McCarr is going, but I think, I think we are at a level where he is comfortable enough to, give people a soundbite yeah and that's exactly what he did and he's not going to apologize for it and I, in some sort of way how i'm saying like it was right after the game you know probably emotion got the best of him but to him there's probably truth to that 
there's probably truth to what he said. And he, for one reason or another, thinks that uh, Shesterkin is, is, you know, all for the show, like he said. Um, and maybe there is some truth to that. I don't have a problem with it for, on either side. I don't have a yeah. problem with Kale McCarr saying it because I love this stuff. I yeah. like when you do what we do, like you, you live for sound bites and, and for, you know, kind of feuding between teams. Like that's what makes rivalries great. I don't think there's going to be a rivalry between the Avalanche and the Rangers because of this. But how we're saying with Kale McCarr, he's like the golden boy. The same is true for, for Igor Shesterkin yeah. in some way. So to kind of like throw a little bit of like fuel on his, his, what people like his makeup kind of is cool to me. I'm like, good on you, Kale. Good on you. And he's, and Kale's got the body of work now. And every time you talk about Kale McCarr, you tout his hockey IQ and the way he approaches the game and the way he sees yeah. the game. So when he says something, you listen, you, and you sure. think. Yeah, because this is this is credible. This is a credible source, a generational talent. You're you you then take his side and you're like, what is he talking about? And now you're going to look at Igor a certain way. Yeah, we, we're going to know he's going to yeah. turn into the bad boy when he rec- does another Pepsi commercial and says, no, this is trash and then spikes it <laughs> <laughs> or smacks you in the face with it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Kinda, I, I just thought that was really, really interesting on a yeah. number of fronts. We'll see where it goes from here. Uh, we'll see. You know, now I'm interested in the next Kale McCarr press conference uh, following a difficult loss. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that to see if he. And I don't think you're going to get this every single time. You know what I mean? It's not. I I still don't think like that's in his nature to just constantly be bitter when the Avalanche lose. But he, something just uh, spiked in him and tweaked in him, and he didn't like it. Yeah, he's 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 getting a little. He's getting a little bit more attitude, a yeah. little mouthy, and it it might be a little bit of. His tenure in the league, like his experience, and right. a little bit with the state of where the team is right now. It's got to yeah. be frustrating all around. So yeah, yeah. sit back and pop the popcorn. It's been yeah, fun. Exactly. All right. Let us hear from Bet Online, and then we will do our sound check and still a few uh tidbits from this game against the blues that we want to get to. But first we have betonline.net, and that is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. I got to say, while I, of course I was watching the Avalanche game, uh, I didn't think the Broncos had a a chance at all uh, to overcome the the Kansas City Chiefs, and it was looking like that. Mm-hmm. But I give them—I wasn't a betting man. I would have put—I probably would have put some money down on the Chiefs. But the Broncos fought. Seems like they fought, and they—it mm. they, they, was a close game in the end. But yeah, congratulations, Broncos, for making it close. Yeah, that, that's it's almost like a victory. It's, it's a moral right. victory. There are no moral victories, but that definitely is one. Uh, you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports, and of course hockey. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well over at Bet Online. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is betonline.net. And it's where the game starts. All right. Uh, we'll get to our sound check first. And then a couple things left about the game with the Avalanche and the Blues. But first, uh, our sound check where we pick songs that we feel best summarize the most recent game played. You can go over to Spotify, follow this playlist. This is LOA Soundcheck Volume 2. And uh, what do you got for this one, sir? My friend, my friend. We're going with a blues song. I think we should give full background on this. 
Yeah, okay. Because I'll give I had a selection. Yeah. And I didn't send it in to Chris because I thought I did and I didn't. I got distracted. So I went to go search for that song again. And then a couple songs down, what do you know? There's a song by a group or a man or a ensemble. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> from a, they're called Musa. <laughs> yeah. Ironic. They have a song called Moose Blues. <laughs> I think so this is what? the first one. <laughs> this is the first one that we've never heard of prior to putting it on the, the set list. So it's going to be good, I guess. Yeah, blues, blues. I mean, you played a little bit of it. I mean, it's, it's some solid blues, like you know, saxophone work. I feel, <clears throat> but yep, it's uh, Moose Blues by Musa M O O S S A. So enjoy that when it gets dropped into the playlist. <laughs> ah, there, <laughs> there you are. I heard you. Um, that's it. That's it. I can't wait to listen to that in full. How long is it? Do we know how long? Because some jazz songs can get like this one is about five eighteen. That's not too bad. All right, I can stand that. Uh, love it. So I love that we yeah we continue to and this is what's great about the sound checks. Like we we will find new bands for ourselves that we never heard yeah. of. Most most of the time they're obvious ones that we know. That one, no clue. Love it. This one that I have, you will absolutely know. Sometimes you just got to go with what's right in front of you. And for me, uh, it's Journey. Don't stop believing. Oh man, you have to. It's you know I, sometimes I like getting like those underground bands and like songs that maybe like people have never heard of before or like or, or like, oh I remember that song from when I was a teenager yeah. or something like that. Um, but this one is like yeah, you you know it, you know Journey, and you you it, it speaks for itself. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect song for everything right now. You're just starting to see them play better. Starting to see them play more like a team, kind of like they were like mid-November when you thought they were like coming out of like the early season blues. That that, that was not intentional, by the way. Hey. Just, yeah, uh, and and then just all the injuries come. You had all these like call ups, and now those guys are starting to play well. You have that. I saw so many people say like, "I used to get so excited for for Avalanche game days, and now I'm not." Well, that was short lived. That was maybe yeah. for like two games. Now, like you, you do, you get excited because you, you see these guys playing well, you're getting guys coming back. Just don't stop believing. And that is, that's the ultimate song there was like, oh, come on journey. Don't stop believing. And then yeah. you put it on and it's either the verse or the chorus. You're going to start singing it yourself. You're like, man, this song's so good. Oh, like you're going to go in hating it. You're just like, whatever. It's so overplayed. It, yeah. And then that intro starts and you're like, here we go. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you're going to be playing it right now. I can guarantee you. It's it's a toe tapper. Um, all right. So while we have that, and, and you know, we were continuing to believe in this team, like we always do. Never um, as far as this game goes against the Blues, I mean, it was such a roller coaster of emotion because you had the one to nothing lead, uh, the first uh, ranting and goal. And you were you comfortable with that? Like with the way with that, that uh, Francois was playing, or did you feel like this is going to be one of those games where the Blues find a way to get one at some point, maybe force overtime? Who knows how? Did you did you think it was going to be like a one nothing game, and it had to be Frankie pitching the shutout? But the way that it went, where McCarr gets the the four minute, which I I get that you have to call that, 
um, I don't remember who he who who it was on, who he mm. hit, <clears throat> but he was going for the puck, and and it seemed like that blues player <clears throat> kind of lifted Makar's stick up. The when he lifted his stick up, it's not when he hit him. He lifted the stick Jordan up. Cairo. It was Cairo who he hit. Okay. So Cairo lifts his stick up. And like I said, lifting his stick is not what made Makar's stick hit him in the face. He lifted it so far over his head yeah. when Makar's bringing it back down is when he hit him. It's a penalty. I get it. Four minutes because he drew blood, whatever. And then if you watch the Blues in that, uh, the, the, fir- the first two minutes, so to speak, mm-hmm. for that penalty, you could tell they were like, we need to get a goal as soon as possible because they took the face off, they won the face off, and they were passing the puck so quickly. And I think it was like nine seconds uh, when Tarasenko got that goal. Yeah. So talk about that whole thing, but go back to what I was saying. Like, did you feel like Frankie really needed to to was going to need to pitch the shutout, or did you kind of feel like the Blues are knocking on the door and something's going to break through at some point? I had the weirdest feeling. Like I, we talked about it the other day. Like you didn't have that feeling like you were confident in the Avs. After that first goal from Miko, I felt confident. And I was like, ooh, I think yeah. we could do this. I, I feel like we could do this. so bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, I think we could do this. And then that double minor happened. And mm. all I kept saying in that moment, as long as we keep it even, we're all right. But if they take the lead in this double, that's where we're like playing catch up is not the best. And yeah. it was okay. I don't think it was so much I was believing in Frankie, even though like I should have Frankie tattooed on my chest by now. Yeah. Um, I thought you did. Oh yeah. gosh. Um, but yeah, don't say that out loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's I, I. There was something in the vibe of the forwards that they just had this this confidence and this vibe that I was subscribed to and I was believing in, and I felt like they were willing themselves. And you saw how they were handling the play. I felt confident. Even when they were down right before the Miko goal to tie it up, I was like, they're going to do this. It's just mm. how. Yeah. I, I honestly I felt like this is going to overtime. And well it went really close. I'll just well, get... yeah. We, we gotta talk about why why yeah. I almost didn't. Because you know, the abs they, they give up that goal, the first goal, um into the double minor to Ter- Tarasenko. And then they have to kill off the two minutes. So they kind of helped the avalanche because that that four-minute penalty <clears throat> comes down to two minutes mm-hmm. after nine seconds. Yeah. So that kind of helps them, you know, time-wise. You're not – Bednar, always you're thinking not, ahead. You know, yeah, he's giving up the goal. <laughs> yeah, sure he is. <clears throat> um, it's like, you know, the intentional walk. Yeah, you know, the, the yeah. Belichick, just let him score. Yeah. So, you know, you're not, you're not missing Kale McCarr for four minutes now. You're missing him for two minutes and nine seconds, which still sucks, but whatever. So um, then, you you know, the, the Avalanche have a power play. Towards the end of the game, I think there's like two and a half minutes to go, 245 or something like that, and they draw a penalty. And it's it's a weird series of events because they're trying to get the puck into the zone, which, by the way, the, the penalty or the power play, you're, that's where you're missing – Nathan McKinnon, clearly. I'm not saying anything that's like shocking to anybody, but God is he missed on on a power play and just getting the puck into the zone. It's brutal right now. It, like they, yeah. they they struggle to get the puck in the zone, and when they do, they struggle to just generate anything. For some unknown reason, 
they are so afraid to throw that cross ice pass. Just, uh, just you know, I, I know why. It's because it's a very difficult pass to make and it gets broken up most of the time. But if you have that little sliver, just you have to at least try it. It's like a running play. If, yeah. if, if your running game sucks in, in football, they know you're not going to run, so they'll just play for the pass. You have to at least attempt it. And if it gets broken up one time, you're now keeping those defenders honest. Yeah. And say like They've tried it before. They will try it again. They know that you're not going to do it. You're just going to keep circling around the, the the top. And it's been working for them. They're still number one or number two in the league. And, but anyway, I'm getting getting off track with that. So they, they try to get the puck into the zone and it hits the officials skate, first of all, where it was going. They were slowly going to bring it in and Lekkonen was right there and it hit the official skate and he just kind of sticks it back to Makar, who went to go pass it back to JT Comfer. And I didn't see a replay yet, but because the the half board was was blocking the view, it looked like he whiffed on it a little bit. And didn't get everything on the pass. If he didn't, it's even more of a, a rough play for Makar. Um, that is just a weak pass that he threw back to Comfer. It gets, you know, Comfer kind of loses his footing. Brandon Saad is there. And he buries a shorthanded goal, which just gutted me. Because I'm sitting there like, if you're going to lose this game like that, on a shorthanded goal with a minute and a half, or not Brandon even that. I think Saad. there was maybe just over to Brandon Saad, no yeah. less, your former teammate. I was just like, man. Yeah. Talk about that first, and then we'll get to the end of the game. No, that's at that moment, I was like, it had to be Saad. And I kept like justifying my mind. We're about to hand Brandon Saad and Bennington a W. Like this um, is that crap. Like, yeah, come on. It, it's like really off this when you guys have really been putting it together, but they, they pulled it back around, but it was, it was ugly. Uh, and when it comes to those cross ice passes and stuff like that, I feel like because of the inexperience on the lines, I feel like they're leaning on conservative. So they don't make those mistakes because if they, if they do something wrong, are you going to be able to cover for that mistake? And I feel like they're playing a little too conservative. And I feel like that's going to, after this win, I feel like that's going to change against Philly. Yeah, I, mean, it's, I don't know, man. The power play, it's been good all year, and, and your numbers are going to keep you propped up in, like, the top five, but it's got to improve. To yeah, me. it's got to improve. So they, they give up the shorthanded goal with just over a minute to go. You're still on the power play, however. So um, then they pull the goalie, and – Oof. seven seconds to go and and uh miko rantanen just the puck is just sitting right behind jordan bennington and he just comes in puts a stick right behind him and, and puts it home they went to go review it i don't know why maybe i mean maybe in the beginning they were just looking to see if there was because there was a lot of traffic there if there was either goalie interference or if there was a kicked puck or a hand pass or something maybe they're just looking at that stuff fine but it took way too long you could see after the first replay that there was nothing wrong with that goal and it went on and on and on and i'm like now don't tell me this like yeah. you, now you've given up like the shorthanded goal to go down and what are they going to do to reverse this it and was... in my head i'm like there better not be no conspiracy theories going on and and trying to find any like minute detail to not give the avalanche this goal and what 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 hit me as weird was it didn't even i don't think it was challenged it went straight to Toronto. Well, it well, wasn't an in-house review. Yeah. 
It, well, it will. If, it, if it's a goal, they'll look – unless the only thing that, that, that St. Louis could challenge is something like um, goaltender interference or something like that. Like, I, if, if it was a goal, it, they're going to check that anyway. It's almost I think like that, like that was the first one that I saw go to Toronto in a while. Like, it's mm. always been like an in-house – like referees skate to the yeah center line just look at it and then i don't know if yeah. it was an espn production or whatever but i was like I well, what they where's toronto at. that's great. like i said if you want to look at it just to see because it's that late in the game fine go ahead but the, the fact that it was taking so long i'm like what are they looking at that i'm not seeing here yeah. and then i was thinking about like are they going even further before that was there like uh offsides offsides or something yeah. but that would have to come from the bench that's not something that toronto would just pick up so um and then you go into overtime and those are always fun because you never know what you're going to get and the avalanche seemed to be up and down with the overtimes and you didn't want it to go to a shootout again but uh miko once again there what was it 30 seconds in around there something like that um Yep, 29 Actually, seconds. 29, 29 seconds. seconds in. Gotta love it. And he gets the hat trick. So fantastic game. Uh it was it's a good game because the Avalanche got the two points. Yeah. Uh I mean, it would have been a good game anyway. But to lose if they had lost it, Brandon Sod, end of story. We I don't think we'd have smiles on our faces right now. That that would have been that would have been tough to swallow. Yeah. yeah. Brandon Sod and Bennington, my mortal enemy. Yeah. All right, so the Avalanche have Monday off, and then uh, Tuesday you're going up against the Flyers again. So they're going to come in feeling good because they just beat you. Uh, this is a different team, though, than they faced, what, a week ago? Mm-hmm. Not that long ago? So um, Avalanche well, kind of want to get some revenge there. The Philly Flyers just lost to the Arizona Coyotes. Hey, Coyotes on a roll. Coyotes beat the Bruins. Uh, now the Flyers, the Coyotes cannot be stopped. So watch out. The 15,000 in attendance go mild. Or the 5,000. That's right. The little arena. All right, everyone. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Uh, We will be back tomorrow with anything going on. Maybe some new updates with uh, some injured players. Who knows? Uh, So, all right. Uh, He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.